would you say if I told you you've got all that you need in life? Everything you need is at your disposal. It's available to you. How would you process that? You're trying to wrap your head around it, but uh, I'm going to talk to you about being empowered for results. And I think the key signature verse, there's so many points about this, but I think the one I want to start with is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The, the, my series is the Holy Spirit. It's on the Holy Spirit. We have God the Father, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. All flesh is grass. The grass wither and the flowers fade, but the Word of our God lasts forever. We all know that in our human imperfections, there are very amazing restrictions and limitations. And that's just a given. That's a reality. That's the human condition. Particularly since the fall of man. We were initiated by God in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. He said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. Let us make a male and female. He created them. He said, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. Have dominion. Rule over the fish of the sea and the fowls of the air and so forth. So in the very beginnings of our purposes, God empowered us. We forfeited it, sadly, when humanity fell. And the tempter has been working hard to try to diminish us, belittle the substance of what we have. He's the accuser of the brethren. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Acts 1.8, but, everybody say but. Look what it says here. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And I heard a preacher say this, and I'm going to borrow it. I think he borrowed it from somebody else too. The Holy Spirit is supernatural. Our flesh is natural. So when God says he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, that's the part, that's where we need help from the Holy Spirit. And I got a hold of this when I was a young husband and a young dad. It was this practical to me. It was before I was called into the ministry. And it was when I was just called to be a Christian and I was functioning in responsibilities. And I, I realized that in all the range of my life existence, God had provision for me. And I have some exciting verses that I want to either maybe for the first time make you aware of or stir you up by way of reminder. Everybody say empowered for results. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power. Let's just ponder that for a little bit. You know, we're in the information age, but the Industrial Revolution hit the late 1800s into the early 1900s. So when I was a young man, those were features that were really spoken of in my education as a young person, and I recall a lot of emphasis on that. They didn't anticipate a lot of what was going to happen with computers. My dad actually took me to a computer room, and it was a gigantic room, and there were a bunch of guys with lab coats. The floor was elevated, the, the humidity was set in a certain way, and there were all these, I guess, IBM machines with these big tapes, and uh, it was the 1960s, and he said, this is the future. And I was a little bitty kid, you know, and I still don't completely get it, but my dad was a visionary, he was ahead of his time. You know, he died with a laptop computer in his hospital room, he was working on give the kids a smile, and he stayed current with technology. I remember in the 80s, he brought home a, uh, I don't think it was a prototype, it was probably one of the first production runs of an Apple Macintosh with a mouse, and it had shifted from MS-DOS, which was like learning how to, we had to learn Latin in order to run a computer. It was just for the kind of mathematically inclined, sophisticated engineering minds, as far as I could tell. I just, just seemed inexcessible 
inaccessible to my artsy kind of vibe, you know. And then he came in and he showed me this mouse and then icons, you know, and it became user-friendly. But back in the Industrial Revolution, there was so much emphasis on power, steam power, diesel power, turbo power, electric power, so forth. But humanity has been fascinated with power from the very beginning. And uh, empowerment, there's even a movement on it now about empowerment. But apart from all those applications and those examples, you and I shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us and we will be witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even the remotest parts of the earth. I was conscious of this last night when I was rubbing shoulders with the people I was with. And I was thinking about you know, my ambassadorship and that God has sent us out into a dark world as sheep among wolves, yet he's surrounded us with protection and we can't lose. You know, he, he says, you shall receive power. And he was telling this to the fledgling beginnings of the early church that had no precedence for what they were about to do. But they went out and they revolutionized their generation. And for that matter, all of the generations since. The church has made a huge and profound difference in all the nations. And here we are carving out a moment to turn to the Lord's word and be stirred up by way of reminder. You shall receive power. You shall receive power. You know, who was the ambassador to France during the 1700s, the first ambassador? Benjamin Franklin. And um, here's the thing I learned about ambassadorship. It's representation. And he was sent on a ship across the sea to go to France, and he represented the colonies. He represented the new country. So when he went there, he was the representative. He was the forward presence of the new world. And... Um, he represented the leaders, he represented the presidency, he represented all of our democracy and our systems. He represented our culture and our values. And um, because our citizenship is in heaven and God sent his Holy Spirit from heaven and he's touched us and he's actually gotten on the inside of us, there is empowerment that if we don't study it and meditate on it, we will ignore it and we will miss out, we'll live below our, below our provision below our entitlement, below the abundance of what God has for us. So we prosper and we're in health to the degree that our souls prosper. So I proclaim soul prosperity where our minds get renewed tonight, according to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. I believe the result of the meeting tonight is going to impart some awareness in your spirit that's going to make you understand that he's not weak toward you, he's mighty in you, that his word is true, and that God has actually designed you and me for signs and wonders. Jesus said, go out into all the world, change the world, but don't go till you're endued with power from on high, which they did, and now it's available to us. That same anointing, that same Holy Spirit that caused Samson to conquer the Philistines, that caused David to overcome in all the battles with Goliath and all the other battles he had, that caused Paul to be able to triumph in the midst of all of his conflicts, the anointing of the Holy Spirit that got on the woman at the well that caused her to win a whole city to the Lord. See, I believe there's much more embedded in you than you realize. I believe there's much more destiny and detail that God has imparted in you that uh, you don't have a concept for. But you just this is why we walk by faith. We just trust God. And this is why we get informed from what the Word of God says because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came 
that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So the Holy Spirit is a quickening spirit. He, in Romans 8, 11, if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Wow, this is good news. We've received the spirit that's not of the world. We've received the spirit that's from God in order that we might know the th things freely given to us by God, in order that we might know. So I'm going to talk to you about three areas. Number one, we're empowered for effectiveness. Effectiveness. None of us want to be ineffective. None of us want to live a life of mediocrity or insignificance. And um, we know from Zechariah chapter 4 that what God told ancient Israel and is telling us is it's not going to be by our might or by our power, but it will be by the Holy Spirit, it being everything in life. As a Christian, effectiveness is possible. Effectiveness is possible. And I quoted that verse, but I want to read it again, John 10.10. 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. He's the accuser of the brethren. He comes to steal. He's a thief. He comes to kill. He comes to dull. He comes to deaden. And he comes to destroy. He's the destroyer. That's why when people said the insurance companies call these things, these natural disasters, acts of God, it really bothers me. It's the result of, they should call them the result of the fall. The acts of God are what comes in to help and retrieve and bless and heal. Those are the acts of God. Our God is a giver and he's a, he's a merciful God and he's a good God. Now, the thief is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy but this, this is imperial. This is so, look what it says here. Jesus said, I came that you might have life. You might have life and have it abundantly. In Genesis 1, and 27, I quoted this to you, but let's look at it. Genesis 1, embedded in the very prototype beginning of the humanity, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And this is a deity plurality Trinity verse here, Elohim, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Did you know you have authority over creeps? Okay, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Here's what he says in verse 28. I love verse 28 because he, he, this is the first thing God did to humanity after he gave detail. He blessed them. God blessed them. That's not just the conclusion after a sneeze. That's, a, that's the beginning of humanity. God blessed them. That's the first thing God did to us is he created us with purpose in, in his image for his purposes. He imparted detail about what we were to do. In fact, what was the first thing Adam did? He named all the animals. And it wasn't good that he was, it, for him to be alone, so God created Eve, you know, and that's a wonderful thing. But look at verse 28. God blessed them, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that, that moves on the earth. Uh, this is, uh, we're designed for dominion. That doesn't mean domineering. That doesn't mean irresponsible and abusive. That doesn't mean heavy-handed. It's an elegant term for authority, a mandate to be the crown and glory of God's creation. And with that comes huge responsibility, and it would be humbling if you really look at it the way it really is. 
that God would privilege us and invite us into a life of achievement, of accomplishment, of, of enrichment, of impact. And for us as Christians, we're called to advance the gospel. We're called to make Jesus known. And that's not just, oh, well, Pastor Jeff, you're evangelistic and you're, infer- you're fervent about souls. Yeah, I am evangelistic and I am fervent about souls because the Bible says, he that is wise wins souls. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. And I'm believing God for people to be saved, aren't you? Yes. But you're, you know, I want to equip you guys and enrich you so you can be the most effective in every area of your life. And so the way I do that is by presenting the word of God to you. And I was reading in Deuteronomy 28 and in Psalm 1, there's a one-two punch in both of those areas of Scripture. In Deuteronomy 28, it talks about the blessings and the curse. And if you, if you and I obey the word of the Lord and we're careful to do all that is written in it, then there's a series of blessings that will happen. One of the blessings is whatever you do will prosper. Whatever you put your hand to will prosper. That's an interesting concept. And I thought about this with marriage. I put my hand to a marriage, and I said, God, I'm going to just level with you here. I've never been in this situation before, and I'm a little bit freaked out. I've taken on a huge responsibility. This woman is is very capable, and she's yielding to me, and uh, she's doing what the Bible says, and she's submitting, and it's like, I want to do what the Bible says, and I want to love her as Christ loved the church and give myself for her. And And I need to understand, I need your help. I need your help. You know, this is interesting. I served for seven years in a, in a ministry position, and then I had a, uh, about a one-year sabbatical. And uh, during that period, I had bought an old 1924 farmhouse, and we were remodeling it while we lived in it. I don't recommend that to anybody. We were way ahead of flipping houses. We were flipping a house while we were in it, and it felt like it was flipping. The floor was so sunken that I could take a marble and just let it go, and it would just speed right down. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. We had to do all kinds of stuff. We put drywall and took out the lath and plaster, did all the new wiring and everything. And three acres, and I had, a, I had inherited in, with the farm uh, a 1962 Ford Lowboy tractor with a good uh, deck for, uh, you could drop it and transfer the power with belts. And uh, it had good rotors and good motor, and I would cut the grass. And uh, it took hours to mow that three acres, you know. But what really stands out to me, what I want to tell you about the Holy Spirit is, I got used to the anointing on different levels when I would preach. God helped me to have opportunity to speak, and I would learn how to preach. And I remember I had an assignment to, to counsel a couple that were, that were older than me. I was way out of my league in natural terms, but the anointing of the Holy Spirit came through for, the, through for them and in fact, I ran into the man recently, and God had done such resolve in their lives. And I look back now, and I realize it wasn't by might, it wasn't by power, it was by the Holy Spirit. So I understood the anointing to, would come on you to preach or to lay hands on the sick or to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit or for healing and those kinds of things. But you know, the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit is designed holistically for us to be empowered for results in every area. And I'll give you a couple of examples. When I was mowing the grass, the anointing of the Holy Spirit would come upon me, often. And I would be mowing the lawn, and I would have the anointing on my life, the presence of God, just so I could mow the lawn. And then um, Patsy's brother worked for a concrete company, and he, he said, hey, at the end of the day, there's extra concrete, and you guys just have a gravel driveway. You could make a nice pad up here. Are you interested in me bringing the overburden from the end of the day 
but you've got to set up the forums and you've got to get the ground level. And, and I thought, wow, I can have a place for the kids to skateboard and ride bikes. But with that concrete, I remember it was a really hot summer day and uh, concrete is merciless. Concrete has an attitude. As soon as it comes out of the truck, it kind of looks up at you and it goes, show me what you got, bro. And it just almost has a wristwatch on its wrist going, you don't have much time, brother, because you're going to have a weird Salvador Dali sculpture out here instead of a, a driveway. But I remember the anointing coming on me to make that concrete for my kids. And then it occurred to me that God has anointed and empowered us for results in a holistic way. The Holy Spirit is available for us in our domestic responsibilities, in our work duties, in our relationships, in our management of our time and our finances, in our interaction with people, conflict resolution, troubleshooting, problem solving, you name it, the Holy Spirit is there to not just balance out some kind of adequacy, but do exceedingly abundantly beyond all we could ask or think. So I just propose to you that when God said, I'm going to make man in my own image and I want you to be fruitful and multiply, and God blessed them, he blessed us with dominion and authority, blessed us with, with empowerment. And God's called us to be fruitful. And, and it says in John 15, 8, you know, he said, be fruitful and multiply. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, bear much fruit. I suppose this is what's stimulating me tonight and why I'm teaching on the series of the Holy Spirit. And I, and I haven't even talked about this much, but isn't it interesting that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is available to us even in practical areas? I mean, you're cooking food. You're believing God. I mean, we prayed over meals. We prayed over preparation of meals, like, oh, God, we need your help. You know, we prayed about contacts and conversations, and the Holy Spirit is there to help us. He's so good. He'll help you to be effective. Effectiveness is God's passion. He wants us to be effective. In fact, you know, think about it. If you follow the Holy Spirit, you'll be ahead of time and ahead of the curve. Like tonight, you're here under the teaching of the word. We've had corporate praise and worship. There's an anointing here. There's, it's called the corporate anointing. It's one of my favorite things. The corporate anointing is wonderful. The anointing is God's empowerment and it comes on us as individuals, but it could also come on us as a body. And in fact, you could see that modeled in the book of Acts when they prayed and their hearts and minds were in one accord. Uh, unusual levels of the presence of God and greater effectiveness took place. The, you know, the Bible talks about how we're to be hospitable because sometimes we're entertaining angels unaware and be how we treat people. Uh, we just need to, as you've done to the least of these, my brothers, you've done it unto me. There's an anointing for us in the way we do uh, everything we do if, as we trust God. The anointing will come upon us to be effective. Be fruitful and multiply. Whatever you do will prosper. I, I want to encourage you to actually believe. In fact, the Bible says, let them continually say, the Lord be magnified who delights in the prosperity of his people. I've heard people criticize the prosperity emphasis. And I think when it's greedy and when it's superficial and materialistic, it deserves to be challenged. But when you realize it for what it really is, that God has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness, and it's about greater levels of effectiveness, then you see that it is not something to be pushed away. It's something to be embraced. It's something to believe God for. Uh, so, and, and let them continually say, let's say this, the Lord be magnified, who delights in 
the prosperity of his people. Yeah, I believe there are things God's going to have you do that God will make you effective. There'll be a greater anointing on you. You'll be talking with people. And I've been in situations where I was flat, I wasn't prepared, and I was just trying to pull out of a dry well. And then I've been in a situation where I took a breath and with it I prayed and trusted God and reminded myself, stirred myself up by way of reminder that God's presence, God's anointing, Jesus lives in me, Christ is in me, the hope of glory. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And with that, the strength comes, the anointing comes, and uh, courage comes. I was reading it from a book where uh, a guy was talking about batteries guys remember those nine volt batteries we used to use in our transistor radios remember how you used to test them to see if they were still uh, right it doesn't matter how cold you are spiritually or how far you have wandered from the faith like an old battery there's always residual charge once empowered by the spirit always empowered by the spirit Reinhard Bonnke writes you just must clean up with the blood of Jesus and you will be like brand new and then he talks about a friend of his who was cleaning out his garage and he tossed a piece of metal aside into what appeared to be a garbage pile that he was going to take out to the dumpster and when the metal hit the pile it caused a vivid and audible sparking investigation revealed an old car battery the steel bar had shorted across its terminals the cells still had some charge. So he brought it out for possible future use. You know, you can take a trickle charge and you can recharge and revive an old battery. Um, what Bonke is saying is clear the rubbish out of the way and you will find that the Holy Spirit is not so easily switched off. Once anointed, always anointed. After ministering under a strong prophetic unction for years, Elisha died. And in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 21, the anointing even remained in his bones. I'm fascinated by this Bible story. When a young man died and they, he was accidentally thrown into Elisha's tomb, he came back to life. That's better than when the guy threw the metal on the battery in the garage. And, you know, and I love where Bonky's coming from because he's basically saying that the Holy Spirit is not repelled by our weakness. He's attracted to it. And I remember when I was mowing the grass with Taylor on my lap or when I was doing the concrete, my identity was wrapped up in what I had been doing. This is what we do in, in modern Western culture. We relate to what we do, and mainly guys, uh, men really relate to work. And yet God had given me this shift, and yet his anointing was still there. And uh, whatever you're in, what situation you're in, whatever you're facing right now, there, God's Holy Spirit is here to help us, to make us effective, and uh, it's pretty exciting, really. Pretty exciting. So there's hope for you yet. Look at somebody next to you and say, there's hope for you yet. The Holy Spirit's purpose and focus is making the victories of the cross of Jesus Christ real in each one of us as believers in the church and in the world. To, that we would move in the power of the Holy Spirit and make Jesus known. That's our primary business. And salvation is our message. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses. And I love it. The Bible says that, hey, I'm going to send you another helper, a comforter, advocate, standby, strengthener, that he may abide with you forever. 
He's called alongside to help us. The Holy Spirit helps us pray. We know we, he helps us with our weakness. I, you know, listen, I come to a prayer meeting, it's like there's so many things to pray about. I mean, if you watch 10 minutes of news, we've got enough to pray about for 20 days, you know what I mean? So that's why it's wonderful. That's why I'm so grateful for praying in tongues because it bypasses our thinking. It's a gift from God. It's supernatural in origin. And it is, we're speaking out the mysteries of God. We're praying out, I just, I'm so grateful for that. Number two, he gives us power for aliveness. Aliveness. I looked this up. This is actually a word. I thought I had created a new word, but no, somebody else already did. Everybody say aliveness. This was the way I got it in my spirit today as I was putting my points, final points to the message. Aliveness. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Let me talk to you about this for a minute. He said, I have come that you might have life. That'd be good. But he says, and have it abundantly. Abundant life is such a beautiful, it's God's idea. Abundance is God's idea. God's overflow is his idea where you have more than enough. His name El Shaddai means more than enough. A good man leaves an inheritance not only for his children, but for his children's children. Regular people leave an inheritance for their children, but a good man leaves an inheritance for the children's children. Why? Because of the prospect of abundant life and the covenant-keeping God. John 1.4 says, And him was life, and the life was the light of men. And I love John 14.6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, no one comes to the Father but through me. Zoe, the abundant life. And I think about, this is one of my favorite verses in the New Testament. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. 2 Peter chapter, and let's look at aliveness. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of God. Seeing, now this is where it gets thick for me. Verse 3 and 4. This is anointed for, uh, empowered for results. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything you need for life is available to you in Jesus. So when I was mowing the lawn and when I was pouring concrete and the anointing came on me, it was to illustrate that God is holistic and he's not just one-dimensional. Like, hey, you know, I'll give you an anointing as a pastor, but you're on your own with everything else. No, when I step down off this role, I step into other roles of responsibility. And I reckon that God wants me to be effective in each and every area I face. Every area of all my interaction with people, with places, with things, and my time and space dimension. And I'm got the Holy Spirit is there to help. Don't sell them short. In fact, grace and peace is even multiplied to us in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Don't make me come down there. I'm getting excited now. Seeing that his divine power, that's the Holy Spirit, has granted to us, past tense, everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Look at this. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. And this, this escapes a lot of the church world. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. 
There's not enough emphasis on the acknowledgement of every good thing that's in us in Christ Jesus. We've got to delve into what Jesus has provided and itemize the inventory of and the proliferation of the blessing that he's downloaded upon us so that we're not ignorant and that we are informed and we know that the blessing of God has come upon us. You know, I heard a story from a minister. He went into the inner city of Chicago to buy some barbecue and he was in line. He got in line and the, and the lady in front of him looked in her bag and she said, does bread come with this? And uh, he got an instant revelation. You know, she realized they, she was, they, somebody forgot to put the bread in there. She actually knew the bread was supposed to be there. And she's like, hey, stirring them up by way of reminder. You know, you forgot to put the bread in there. Well, healing is the children's bread. Does healing come with this? Does the power of God come with this? Do signs and wonders come with this? Does breakthrough come with this? We sing about break every chains. That's not just some silly little redundant circle we're running around in some sort of theory. God literally breaks chains. In a meeting like this, depression could break off of our lives. Sin patterns can be broken. People could get set free and get delivered from temptation and get back. A dead battery can get supercharged. And I appreciate where Bonky's coming from, where he, he's basically saying, hey man, there's residual potential in that battery. You can charge it back up. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Last one, and it goes along with what we just read, that the knowledge of him. He's empowered us for results so that we are in the know. We are in the know. God has not left us out there in the dark. He's supplied his word as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And I want to finish with three verses. One is Philippians 3.10, where Paul the Apostle was praying and he, he was decreeing and saying that he, he just wanted to know Jesus in all of his fullness. He said, oh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Paul certainly came to know that. Being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. How many of you want to attain some things, achieve some things, be effective in some things, have aliveness in you? See, the church is praying for revival. Well, the Holy Spirit is the one that revives. There's revival going on right now in here. God's got his big alligator clamps and his jumper cables on your terminals right now. And I'm just believing God, the switch gets turned, and, 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 and it's going to come mainly in the form of the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. What the Holy Spirit has done has been imparted, but the problem is we get stuck in our thought life and, and we, need, we need our minds to be renewed. We need our souls to, that, that's why I love 3 John 2, that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Before you can have financial prosperity, relationship prosperity, success in your business and your work and so forth, there has to be this understanding of who God is and what he's willing to do. Ephesians 1.3 says he's, we have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ given to us at our disposal. I very much want for Family Church, as does Patsy. We want you guys, I want to foster biblical, orthodox doctrine. I don't want to embellish. I don't want to veer off. I don't want any, I, you know, I don't want any rigmarole. I don't want to be off on a ditch on any extremes. I just want the word of God and the results that come from the, I want biblical results. And I want, I very much want you guys to prosper and be in health as your souls prosper. I want to show you two things about being in the know. We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We have access 
to think the thoughts of God. That's why the Bible's so important. And the Holy Spirit takes from Jesus and reveals to us. And we're to pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation concerning things. And can I just tell you, he'll help you with, if he would help me and give me an anointing while I was mowing the grass with my son, he'll help you throughout the course of your life because he's our helper. That's his name. He's our helper. 1 John 2.20, look what it says, and then 27. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, about being in the know. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know, or the King James says, you know all things. Now, you could say that and say, well, that's kind of arrogant. I propose to you that instead of saying, I don't know, I don't know all the time, you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I know someone who knows. And I know that he is not a withholder, and if I lack wisdom, he'll give it to me. Right? And this is something that will bolster your confidence and help you to be effective, help you in your aliveness. And he's invited us to be in the know. Look what it says here. 1 John 2, 20. And you, you know all things. And then let's go to verse 27. This is interesting. For as for you, the anointing which you received from him abides in you. The anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit. And you have no need for anyone to teach you because his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie and just as it has taught you you abide in him this is in reference to discerning antichrist stuff and being able to decipher between things and have a discernment and this in the no thing even in the nine gifts of the holy spirit one third of these gifts has to do with being in the know they're called the revelation gifts can anybody tell me what those revelation gifts are that we're to desire? Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. Word of knowledge is God giving you a sense about something that's going on. You know, there's somebody here, for example, with a medical condition, and it gets very specific, and you can see the development of that in your life. It's not as this, it's not prompted by us it's as the spirit wills but the spirit wills and we're to covet earnestly those gifts then uh the word of wisdom patsy turned to me and she said i you know this is the idea she had about this a direction in prayer i said that's a word of wisdom and then discerning of spirits you could be in a situation and you could just you could discern I, I went to visit my brother in germany and he picked me up at the frankfurt airport and we were driving and we drove Three hours. So we were in the car for a long time. I was jet lagged and I was just sitting there and looking at the beautiful German scenery. Then I just said, I rebuke you devil in the name of Jesus. Trey said, um, why did you do that? I said, man, just right when we, right just then I just had this. He said, well, that we just came in the county line of this area that's really needing God. And he had told me, he had told me about this months before, that this region that was cold and is, was post-Christian and needed a touch of God. Paul went to cities and he was touched. He was provoked by the city full of idols. I felt this. It was palpable when we were in Kosovo after the war, the atmosphere of depression. Now you could say, oh, well, anybody could see that. And in fact, that is available to all of us. And in some senses, it, there were just natural indicators. It's like, duh. But not when I was in the car with him. I didn't know we drove over the boundary line of this place. And my view is that there are principalities and powers of designated areas. And I, I suppose I had a discerning of spirits that that was, in fact, what was happening there. And I started coming against it with the dominion and authority I talked about earlier. Wow. So we don't need to be in the dark. We can be in the know. We can, and we can stay available to the Holy Spirit. And this is not human manufacture. 
So that's, we're off the hook. We don't have to try to whip it up. But it is available to us. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness by his spirit, in that by this, these things we become partakers of the divine nature. In James chapter 1, it talks about spiritual amnesia, where people look away from the mirror of the word, and they forget what kind of people they are. They forget the purification of their former sins. We need to ponder the fact that we've been made righteous. And in Hebrews chapter 5, it talks about the definition of maturity is we have, by reason of practice, our senses trained to discern good and evil. Our senses trained to discern good and evil. By reason of practice, we have our senses trained to discern good and evil. One translation says, it calls it, the immature are not that experienced on the ABCs of man's redemption. I think we need to ponder and look at everything in the light of our redemption. Jesus and what he did on the cross, when he said it is finished, resolved the sin problem, took our sin and gave us his own righteousness that we could stand before God, not on the basis of deeds we've done in righteousness, but according to his mercy. He's rich in mercy. Hallelujah. And he's our deliverer. You're looking at the guy who got delivered. I talked to Bayless about the boat wreck this week. He asked me some questions a couple days ago, and Patsy, she, she was in the car with me. It, got, it was very deep because he didn't remember anything. He had a bit of amnesia because he got hit so hard. I remembered everything. I remember that he stopped the motor and turned to Keith and said, hey, I'm, I'm not as experienced approaching this island as you are. What should I do? And there were different things that happened. And it was just a bad accident, just a bad accident. But I remember this. He was yelling in tongues at the top of his lungs right before we hit the rock because God knew the rocks were up there and God was already prompting him and alerting him and pre prepping him. That's amazing. We can circumvent a lot of problems if we'll listen to the Holy Spirit. We can be, a, if we're alert, sensitive, not nervous and worried, but just listening to have a hearing ear and just be available to the Holy Spirit. Everybody say effectiveness, aliveness, in the know. You have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. That's a pretty outlandish statement John was making to the early church. That you could discern about Gnosticism and the deception of that false teaching. For that matter, with Paul, with the Galatians and the Judaizers and the legalism that was trying to creep in. There were all kinds of weird distortions. Ephesians chapter 4 says we're, the equipping ministries come for us so that we're alert and we're not tossed to and fro by waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine and the cunning craftiness of deceitful scheming. But speaking in the truth, the truth and love, we're to grow up in all aspects in him. Look at somebody and say, oh, grow up. Hallelujah. Let's all stand up on our feet. Everybody say, empowered for results. He pours out his Holy Spirit so you and I can do things no one else can do. Say this with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. David said I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. David said, hey, man, I'm going to whoop on this giant. Caleb said, I, I want to whoop on these giants. And I just pray that gets in your spirit. Come on. Everybody say, I'm anointed for effectiveness, for aliveness, and I'm in the know. Wow. He gives us power for effectiveness, power for living, power for knowing. Scratch your head and you look at a thing. It's like Joshua said, we've never passed this way before. 
You look at it and you go, God, I'm going to ask you for wisdom on this. I need customized wisdom. I need customized wisdom. Everybody say that. I need customized wisdom. Dare we believe for greater things tonight? Dare we believe for greater things? You know, you approach different seasons in your life. Some of you are gearing up for retirement and that kind of thing. Let's believe God for great, just amazing fruitfulness. Amazing fruitfulness, amazing effectiveness. Let's lift our hands and let's just believe God for it. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the anointing on people. There are people in here that could change a whole nation in their prayers. God, there are people in here that the devil has tried to rob, and I just forbid that in the name of Jesus. I come against the barrage over their thought life. I pray the touch of God and peace. God, I pray a special level of spiritual insight and knowledge. I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to just come so mightily in this place, Lord. Just say this with me, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe I receive all the wisdom, all the empowerment, all the strengthening that's necessary for my journey. Everything that has to do with my destiny, God's Holy Spirit is not a withholder. He is called alongside to help. I will not grieve Him. I will not quench Him. I will yield to the Holy Spirit. I hunger and thirst and desire earnestly spiritual gifts. I will not be ignorant. I will take fresh inventory on all that God has for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.